In the year 1998, Mike Fallick, a young boy from New Jersey, was given a series of tomes from his grandfather, ancient wisdom his grandfather had passed on to him. The encyclopedias of the past, such things as John Audubon's Guide to Nature and Life Magazine's History on Nature from 1978. These ancient tomes would reveal to Mike all the knowledge of the universe. Today he gives advice to people who need it, who seek guidance from these ancient manuscripts. He and his spirit animal stake, the ferret, guide you through a world of mystery and problems. Join them, Mike Fallick and Stake, on the Encyclopedia of Advice. Welcome, of course, everyone, to the Life Encyclopedia. Uh, I, of course, have all the knowledge in the world from my encyclopedic and ancient tomes. So, if you have any advice you need from either me or Stake the Ferret, we will give it to you. If you want to contact us, it's at Our Hero Comic on Twitter, or you can call. We have a, a, a Google Voice number. That's 385-800-1763. We, of course, have all the knowledge in the universe as having uh, a bunch of encyclopedias from the 70s. So we will use that tome knowledge to answer whatever life advice you may have. Uh, is there something wrong in your love life? Probably. There's probably something wrong in your love life. Is there something wrong with your the way you're recycling? These are questions we can answer. So please uh, submit to us either through the feed or on Twitter your life advice questions. Um, here at uh, the Encyclopedic Life Advice Corporation, we like to make sure that everybody has a chance to speak, and that's why we want to hear you from wherever you are. We've got a question here from at LeoChick82. Now, that's a Twitter handle name, but we're going to answer the question. The question is, she doesn't have a love life. Now, not really a question. So we'll, <laughs> we'll have to uh, – she's just sent us that her name is Tiffany. I know her name is Tiffany. She's one of, uh, one of the lovely people that uh, we talk to on the Internet. Um, Tiffany doesn't have a, a love life. So let's postulate it into a question. We'll get there. Uh, Tiffany, let me think of what – so you don't have a love life, so that's a lack of something. Let's go to um, the first encyclopedia we have here, which is primates. I will assume you're a primate. This is uh, Life Magazine's The Nature Library. And, Tiffany, we are going to see what we can find for you in here, okay? I think, I think we'll find some advice for you. Now, love is a tough issue. And in my mind, one of the best creatures for love – is the orangutan. Uh, if you don't know, the orangutan is full of love. So let's go and see what the orangutan has to say about love. Now, Tiffany, if you could give us some more details on have you tried to, to, to do something with your love life? Ha uh, um, any other details would be great so that we can really use our knowledge of orangutans to help you in this. This, of course, these encyclopedias from Life Magazine have all the uh, worldly advice you need. So I, I doubt it can't solve anything that you don't have. Um, here's, here's a section I think is pretty reasonable to talk about a love life, Tiffany. Actually, gorillas have very little reason to be ferocious. While their ancestors were probably in danger from predators when they first descended from the trees, 
Today's males are so large and powerful that a group is never attacked, except very rarely by a leopard turned gorilla hunter because they need enormous quantities of food. The adults spend from six to eight hours eating. Much of their diet uh, is in bulk. Yeah, that, I guess that's even past the point. Tiffany, does that help you with your love life? I mean, these encyclopedias uh, uh, have all the knowledge you need for the entire world. So I, I hope that that I hope that that helped you out, and I, I I'm 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 certain it did. We're gonna adjust some settings here. So now that we've helped Tiffany in her love life, I hope that advice has helped you in your love life to know that really gorillas aren't in danger. Um, <laughs> and who of us, who of us has had that situation when we are a gorilla and we look around and we say, oh, what's going on? What is, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be hurt because I'm a gorilla? And the answer is no. You're probably okay, unless, of course, there's a vicious leopard there. And I think that applies to if you're going on a dinner date or something like that. You can use this. I, I don't even – you guys are smart. I don't want you, me to have to apply uh, this advice so didactically. So we helped out Tiffany. We have another question in here from a, from a, from a Twitter user. Should he get the lump on his shoulder removed? Now, that is a great question. We're trying to find the name of the person that asked that question. But when I think lumps – I think, as everyone does, the reptiles. So let's see what they have to say. Now, essentially, when you talk about lumps, so that's at the real Martin has asked this question about whether or not uh, 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 he should get this lump removed on his shoulder. Now, Martin, if you could put any symptoms uh, in, in, in your uh, uh, the Twitter feed, that would help me to search, because obviously I'm going to try and go to the, the, the gecko section, which are essentially three lumps stacked together. That's what a gecko is defined as by uh, in Latin. That's what it means in Latin. Uh, so I'm going to look for geckos. But Martin, in the meantime, if you could tell us any sort of issues you're having, uh, uh, why, what, when the lump happened, have you named the lump? Are you friends with the lump? Are you work friends with the lump? Because that's a different that's a different book, Martin. If you're work friends with the lump, I have to go somewhere else. So I will assume in the meantime, Martin, that this is just an acquaintance lump, that you guys know each other sort of uh, inconsequentially. Let's 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 see. Give me give me a moment here to find geckos uh, in this book. Now, these encyclopedias are, of course, from 1976, published by Life magazine. Um, and they have all the advice you need uh, ever. So, give me one moment here. Looking for ah, I think I found it. I actually have found what you need here, Martin, because a normal gecko is made of lumps. You know, you, you, your standard leopard gecko—that's three lumps in a row. That's how you make it. One or two more lumps for you can hear steak. The ferret is helping me turn the pages here. Um, I'm going to go to the leaf-tailed gecko. I think that's what you need, Martin. You need a leaf-tailed gecko. So give me a moment here to, to go to the leaf-tailed gecko's page. What is it? Uh, leaf-tailed. That's page 92. Of course, if you're playing along at home, that's, that's, that's uh, page 92 in your life encyclopedia for uh, uh, reptiles. Page 92. It would help if I had people here with me because... I pretty easily forgot what page number I said as soon as I said it. Okay, page 92, Steak. So let's go to page 92. Now, if you're trying to find it at home and you get to page 91, it should be right around the corner. Okay, here we go. 
Now, let me, Martin, are you there? Martin, are you ready to get your advice? We have, you, we have it right here for you. A leaf-tailed gecko from Madagascar shows color and markings which blend almost perfectly with the bark and lichen, not lichen, don't say lichen, it's lichen. Don't make that mistake. It's lichen. Um, and the tree trunk to which it clings. A disappearing act enhanced by its leaf-shaped tails. So, Martin, I would say, depending on, obviously I'm not a doctor, um, but depending on the size and shape of it, I would say um, maybe if you don't look like a leaf, if you look more like a leaf with the lump, I would definitely, you know, consider keeping it. And, and any, anything like that is, 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 a, is a good idea. You know, we all should look more leaf-like. That's very important. Despite gorillas not being in danger, we should all look more leaf-like. Um, this is the wisdom the books give us. These ain't my ancient tombs that were given to me by my grandfather. This has all the knowledge in the universe. So please, uh, anyone that has any questions, of course, we have our Google Voice number. So if you're looking to call or talk to us, you can hit us up on Google Voice. Uh, that is, let me give you that Google Voice number account right there. Give me a second. Stake also doesn't log into stuff. So we're not logged into Twitter, but that's of course at our hero comic. If you want to, if you if if you're not on Periscope right now and you want to tweet at us, um, that's a good that's a good way to get to us. Um, just as one piece of advice when using these uh, ancient tomes, you know, not all ancient tomes smell nice, but that doesn't mean they should be disregarded. You know, and and, and when when thinking of these questions to ask, don't don't be. Uh, don't be, don't, be, don't be shy. If you want to ask for someone else or you don't want to say it's you or it's for a friend, that's okay too. Whatever you want to do. We, 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 there's no judgment here unless the book says to judge you, of course. If I read in the encyclopedia that it says to judge you, I would be a madman not to listen to the advice of the book. Um, so what advice? You know, let me think of a problem I'm having because we've had a little bit of a slowdown here in the, in the, in the feed in, in, in terms of people. Oh, I was supposed to give you the number. See, I didn't read a book in the meantime. Normally what I do is I think of something to say, and then I go to the encyclopedia, and I say, as we all, we all have encyclopedias in our houses. And I go to my encyclopedia, and I say, what was I supposed to do? And it normally just reminds me. So that number again is 385-800-1763. Leave your Google Voice messages right now. You know, one issue I'm having recently, and I brought this up in the intro to the show, is I've been having a bit of problems. A bit of problems. I guess that's one problem. Because one bit of problems is, is a problem. Uh, I've been having a bit of problems. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I was smart enough to have written that before. Uh, with my garbage, taking out my garbage. So let's see, let's go to a different book right now and see what Mr. Audubon has to say about it. These are, of course, the 1960s Audubon Society National Encyclopedias, the Nature Encyclopedias. So I'm going to look up garbage and see if garbage is in there. Um, well, you know what? Here's, here's what I found instead, and it's uh, the diversity concept. How does this relate to garbage, you say? Don't question the book. That's the very first thing to know, is, is, is do not question the book. So you're saying, oh, the book has shown you diversity theory. Are you sure it just doesn't have that term in the encyclopedia? No, uh, encyclopedias are ancient and wise documents. 
So let's go to, uh, I, I, I believe the page may have fallen out, which means that the beginning of this concept, uh, um, here we go. So yes, if you have a question, all you have to do to use an encyclopedia is open it to a random page, and that's the knowledge you need. The book is all-knowing. Yes, of course. That's the way we do this. So, ecologists have grown increasingly aware of the fact that stability in nature is diversity. That is, the more species of an animal and plants that exist in a community, the more stable the individual populations and the total community. Now, I know this to be true because with my trash, this was the problem. I had read this before, and I, had having this, I was having this problem with my trash. So what I did was I threw a couple of snakes, a few rats, a couple birds, and some live geckos, of course, into my trash can, thinking this will stable out my, my trash situation. This didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. So, uh, and if I, I would have known, had I read on, that there can be too many of a species, that can, that can hurt it, so I think I put too many snakes in my garbage. And that's important not to do, and this is, of course, from John Audubon's uh, Nature Encyclopedia, Volume 3, CA through EA. I don't know what those letters mean. I assume that in an ancient language they would know. Well... Now, we've had an anonymous question entered here. Ooh, make sure you guys. So we've had an anonymous question entered in here about a, uh, a, a, a love life sort of problem. Uh, this particular person has a kink, and it's, it's become problematic for them in their love life, whether they're with someone or whether they're alone. So we're going to answer this question. Obviously, it's an anonymous. It's a personal issue. But the way we're going to answer it is, of course, with the ancient tombs. So let me go uh, to, again... John Audubon's uh, Nature Encyclopedia, to answer this question about kinks in the bedroom. Now, of course, uh, I think the logical answer here lies in the, the thistle. So let's, you know, you can thistle while you work, and that's good, and, but you can't thistle during sex. I, I hate to say the S word, um, but I like to say it as well. Now, thistles come up in the bedroom quite often, so... I think this may help. This is going to be an across-the-board sort of problem-solving thing. Um, now, the, thil the, 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 the thistle is often called the bull thistle. So if you go into your local uh, marital aid webs uh, website or, or store, you might not want to ask for the thistle, and the person can go, what's that? And you go, oh, the bull thistle as well. Ah, the bull thistle. We've got a lot of those in the back of the marital aid shop. Now, the main lesson I think that we can all learn from the thistle is, uh, well, there's not much you can learn from the thistle. <sighs> to be honest, I think that, I think, and I, this never happens, I think the thistle is sort of irrelevant to our life nowadays. But it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting issue. So I'll read it to you because it'll make you think of a different time and maybe this will help you with your kink. You know, you can think about wh why did you first love the person? Why did you first fall in love? Um, these are all questions to consider and I think that the thistle has that for you. The leaves are white underneath and the plant may reach a height of five feet. As all the members of the composite family, the thistle has a compact group of tiny flowers attached to the end of a stem. And think about that in your love life. What are you attached to? Who are the flowers in your life? Though they may not be with you right now, the flowers, uh, 
The flowers may, are still attached and still make you beautiful, though they may not be at the top. And that, of course, is from John Audubon's uh, Nature Encyclopedia. We are giving all life advice out here on the Encyclopedic uh, Advice Tomb Show. Tome Show, not Tomb Show. I'm not dead yet. Or maybe we are. Maybe the book has advice on that. Are we dead? And when I think of dead, of course, I think of reptiles. So if you have any questions while I'm seeing if we're dead in the book, the book may say we're dead. Let me go ahead and check to see if we're dead. Hmm. Now, the book says a lot on this. The density of water, as compared, of course, I flipped to the section about uh, uh, amphibians and, and uh, porpoises and dolphins and mammals and things like that. This will help us decide whether we're dead. The density, um, you know, you may be questioning the book. Why would this book have information on porpoises when it's a, a book about reptiles? Of course, do not question the tomes. They have all the answers. Um, a hippopotamus does the same thing today as it did many years ago. Uh, in consideration of uh, support to impose no limits on its size, so you can see they're saying in bigger squids when they go in the ocean, they don't need to support themselves as much. And, and so I guess the point there is, is we are alive because we are not squids. And squids are, of course, dead monsters. Um, let's, let's check out the Twitter feed right over here. See if anybody sent something in for us to... Sure. Here we go, we're clicking around, doing stuff on the Twitter. And you know, maybe it's a question you think is unanswerable. Can a burrito be made so big that I cannot eat it? Yes. I'm not, go I'm not, I'm not, not only God, but uh, we have another question here. Um, am I saying hippos don't need jobs? Now, of course, I don't want to get political on this first show. But yes. I am saying the, the, the hippos uh, may, may not be necessary in the workforce. Quite frankly, I worked in a, a carpentry shop, and the hippos were really unhelpful. I was very open-minded. I was, for example, uh, 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 coaching and sort of uh, giving the tutorial and training a young hippo named... <laughs> and this young hippo, and I hope I'm pronouncing it, pronouncing it right, it, it, it's, it's this hippo's name. <laughs> and I was training him to be a carpenter. And the thing is, is that uh, uh, he was very bad. I'm saying this objectively as working as a carpenter. And he also would crush everything with his massive skull. But in fairness to the, to the person that asked it, we will ask the books whether or not hippos should be in the workforce. And of course, when I think of that, I think about John Audubon's Nature Encyclopedia. Now, let's go ahead and, and flip open here. Perfect. To so the section we exactly needed about trees. This will help us to know whether or not hippos could be carpenters. So, um, trees are a very complicated thing. You know, before we even get into this, I just want to say, not a lot is known about trees. I don't know what their intentions are on this planet, but I feel as though they, they may be, um, I feel as though they may be after us. Let's talk about the thing that's all in our minds, because we'll cut through the chase here. Finally, in 1929, an ancient, pup, an ancient Pueblo at Cholo, Arizona, Douglas found a charred log 
that proved to be the missing link. Comparisons with the modern chronology proved that it had been cut in 1380 and it started growing in 1237. These are years, of course. They are years and combinations to lockers at your gym. So try these on all the lockers and inside will be a tree. Um, and the early researchers discovered that its early rings cross-dated with the top of the floating chronology. It was like a bridge which rested upon abutments in both the old and new series. That is, of course, gibberish, that last sentence. Um, a, a, and, you know, what is abutment? Is abutment to do one thing? Is a face meant to do another? We don't know. We don't know what abutments are about, but, but you know, we can only interpret what these ancient tomes are telling us. And that, that advice, of course, was from John Audubon's Nature uh, Encyclopedia. Okay, so I'm looking up the jelly donut speech. I'll show you this fun trick with my ferret if you're watching the video feed. Um, everybody knows I, I, I am a jelly donut. Hold on. And it's this wonderful trick that if you hold a ferret in your hand and you give a powerful speech, you, you look quite a bit uh, uh, more authoritative. So here's this uh, speaking speech, the speaking tip you can do. Um, I'm going to read the famous quote from, from JFK's speech to the people of Germany. And uh, using, having, holding a ferret in my hand while I do it will make me look very imposing and terrible. And, and, and not terrible, but terrible in the, the, the powerful way. I am also going to do a very bad but fun to do JFK impersonation. Impressionation. Impoundication. In, 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 in Here we go. 2,000 years ago, the proudest boast was Civis Romanus Sum. I am a Roman citizen. Today, in the world of freedom, the proudest boast is Ich bin ein Berliner. All free men, wherever they may live, are citizens of Berlin. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words Ich bin ein Berliner. See, pretty funny. If you're watching the video feed, it's very funny to hold a ferret and do a funny speech. But that's not in the book. And that means if it's not in the John Audubon's uh, encyclopedia, then it's not real. Then it's not really proven. You know, that's something to consider is all of this is theory. Is if it's not outlined in the John Audubon encyclopedia of nature, it's a theory until they put it in the John Audubon encyclopedia, retroactively, of course, in the 1963 copy that I own, then it's not real. Oh, steak thinks I'm delicious. He's licking my face. So steak does this occasionally. This is to he. It looks like he's whispering advice into my ear if I do it right. Yes. Okay. But then, if, how are we going to transition to that section? <laughs> I know there's other people in here. I can't imagine that you're watching without audio. So let me see. There's Tiffany. We know Tiffany's there. But who are the web viewers? Show me what you're doing. Tell me what you're doing. I wish I had little cards I can hold up to you in case you're at work in the in the. In the back, reading your non-John Audubon and non-Life magazine encyclopedias, you know, you know, you don't want your boss to catch you. I know people, Alaboreca, please, we need, we need to give Life advice. I'm going to write some notes here so that in case you're reading a non-encyclopedia that we use to give Life advice, you can, you can, you can uh, join in. A lot of people on the feed saying they want to smush my ferret's face. Everybody does. He's very smushy. I don't know if we can get it on mic, how smushy his face is, but it is quite smushy. Thank you for licking my face. Um, 
So what should I say if they're if they're in they're right they're in they're in the they're in the back room where they keep all the erasers and mops, and uh, they don't want their boss to know they're reading different encyclopedias. I'm gonna write, we are giving life advice. Now there's a good chance as I write this for the video feed that no one will see it. Okay, wait, let's see. Can anyone read that? I can't really, I'm seeing it backwards. That, that looks like nonsense to me, but hopefully someone will see that and, 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 and let's, let's, let's maybe type questions. What do you think? Maybe if we write type questions in, in big, bold letters. Oh, yeah, but I think everyone's seeing it because, because of the power of suggestion. Stay here, steak. Steak will often not approve when I do anything that isn't in the encyclopedias, so we're just trying to type questions. I already have bad uh, handwriting, and trying to hold a ferret and write is, is actually quite difficult. So, oh, we're knocking things around in this studio because there's a weasel in my hand. Okay. Let's see. Is that is that visible on the video feed? All right. Hopefully, people will read that, and then we'll get a little bit more questions. Um, bring it down. You bring it down. Bring it down. All right. All right. Let's let's hope. Let's here's here's looking at you. Let's see if there's anyone else here. What? Oh! No, just my stupid bank telling me everything's okay. What is steak thinking? Now this is something that the Audubon, uh, uh, someone's asking on the internet whether we can tell what animals are thinking and what steak might be thinking right now. Um, now one way to do this, and this is not in the book, so know that this is only a theory. I believe that smushing your face into your pet and uh, asking him what he's thinking over and over again is usually a good way to find out. So let's see, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? You're so weird. Generally, he's thinking uh, hugs or, or food. Those are the two modes I've noticed in him. Uh, ferrets like breaking things. It's a big part of what they do every day. They just love breaking stuff. So he's decided not to kill me, which is good. It's lovely. And then after that, I don't really know. I know he doesn't want to murder me. It's pretty good. So, but let's ask the books how we figure out whether or not animals are thinking. I assume that we go to the T section. Let me see what we have here. We have T. Oh, here we go. S-E through T-E. If we assume, of course, that that means they are libraries. So let's go to thinking. Thinking, that would be with a T. Thinking, 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 thinking. Thinking, thinking. Are you thinking at home? Don't do this. This is very dangerous. If you're going to think at home, what I recommend you do is uh, go, in a, go get in the yard, get a tarp, lay a tarp down, and start thinking slowly. Of course, have someone there to watch you, and, and if you can, if you can afford it, uh, uh, a local doctor, a physician. Okay, spider. Oh, that's not thinking. Not that it's not thinking. I don't know. I'm not reading that in here. I'm just saying that's not the topic of thinking. Okay, here we go. You know what, guys? Why didn't anyone correct me? T-E is, that's not, not it. We got to go to the next book. 
to get thinking. Why did you all let me do that? T-E is not, there's not, E-F-G-H. Come on, people. Get with it. Don't you know how to help me look through old encyclopedias to find advice on life? Huh. All of you. Unfortunately, the only entry close to thinking is thistle. So let's read something else about the thistle again. Um, the thistle is actually the most boring plant in the world. So I'm going to go to a, 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 um, just a random section here. Now, turtles. I think this is what we got here. It is far wiser to let nature take care of early growth. Adult turtles thrive on two or three feedings a week, although they will eat daily and get fat against time. They will eat daily and get fat against a time when it might be convenient to neglect them for as much as a month? What? They will get, wait, they will get, this is crazily written. Ah, here we go. Adult turtles thrive on two or three feedings a week, although they will, they will eat daily and get fat against a time when it might be convenient to neglect them for as much as a month. Wait, no, that makes no sense, right? That's garbage words. Hold on. I'm going to do it again. It is, I'm just going to do it. Adult turtles thrive on two or three feedings a week, although they will eat daily and get fat against a time. Okay, get fat against a time. That's not anything, right? That's nothing. I don't mean to question the book. I'm so confused. You know, and that's, and when it comes to thinking, I think we can all, I don't know if I think, let me say it again because the book didn't prove it. I, when it comes to thinking, I conjecture that perhaps the book is saying maybe I need to think more because I really couldn't understand that sentence. Um, Steak is here. Uh, he might have some life advice questions, probably mostly about when he gets to go to the bathroom, how much he likes going to the bathroom. You understood it. Someone in the feed said they understood it. What did it mean? <laughs> Someone tell me what it means. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's one of those things where when you're reading it out loud, you, you, you just, sometimes you just don't get it, you know? I haven't studied Shakespeare, but a lot of times when someone is struggling with poetry and things like that, uh, it just, sometimes some sentences just don't work with everybody. The explanation is turtles hibernate in the winter so they overeat beforehand. That was not the, I know, that's a great fact about turtles from the feed, but that is, that is... Not what that sentence was. Thank you for the fact, but that sentence was crazy that they wrote. You're, maybe you're better than the book. Now, hopefully if I'm not smited, we'll be able to smote it. Smitted, smitted it. Smite. I smite. You, you smite. We all smite for ice cream. Oh boy, what an overkill. Ice cream just goes on its own, doesn't it? You don't really need to smiting an ice I think of ice cream as... Just seems like, just wait. Are you that impatient? What did the ice cream do to get smitten thusly? We don't know. We don't know what the ice cream did. Now, of course, you still can't call us, tweet at us, email us, ourherocomic at gmail.com, at ourherocomic on Twitter, and 385 800 
1763. Give us a call. Ring us up. Put in a dial. Um, some of you may be wondering, what, what life advice do I need other than my unstable snakes in my garbage? Well, I'll tell you a couple things. How do you get rid of a garbage can full of wild animals? Is that a terrarium? Let's look up what a terrarium is. How many people in the feed know what a terrarium is? Do you have terrarium problems? These are pretty specific problems. Um, a terrarium, when I would play basketball as a kid, we would go down to the local terrarium and, and play there just on, on Sundays. and It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed playing in the terrarium. Pretty hard with all the moss. But, uh... Oh, boy, I'm so happy when it's actually in the book. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, if you were looking for some wisdom on uh, uh, anything in these encyclopedias, the John Audubon Encyclopedia of Nature from 1963, uh, uh, get ready because, boy, is there a lot. Garden under glass is what it means. I had no idea. That's amazing. That is a great name. And then they keep using it. Okay, wait. The first garden under glass was the Wardian case, developed more than 100 years ago by Nathan Ward, an English, an English physician. Ah, I need to wet my mouth. In the meantime, let's go to a commercial break where Steak talks about his car. He's not selling a car. We're selling you cars. You're talking about someone that sells cars. He's just talking. He doesn't really get how ads work. He's a ferret. What can he do? Okay. Nathan Ward, he's an English physician interested in the chrysalis of a butterfly. He, he placed it in moist earth in a glass jar. Soon he observed a small fern growing in the soil. <sighs> you know, this happens to me all the time. You're microwaving something. You walk away from the microwave. You come back, small fern in the microwave. You're uh, burning a CD. Uh, oh, my God, what am I putting on here? Uh, I'm putting... Bohemian Rhapsody, twice. Once at the beginning, once at the end. You know you're going to want to hear it twice. Uh, in the middle, so you got a Bohemian Rhapsody sandwich. All of a sudden, small fern growing in the CD. These things happen. And that's why terrariums are important. We are going to stay here until the end of the hour. So send us whatever you got. Oh, that was a different color. Who just gave me a heart on the feed? Who just gave us a like? We identify yourselves. Oh, there's the yellow hearts again. Tell me who you are. Tell me and the ferret who you are so we can solve your problems. Tell us so we can solve your problems. Me, Ryan. Ryan, do you have any advice that you want on life uh, that me, Steak, and John Audubon's Encyclopedia of Nature from 1963 can help you with? Just type it right into the, to the feed there and we'll tell you how to... Well, well, we don't know what we'll tell you, will we? We'll only know once you type it. So when you type it, then I'll know and I'll give you advice. I could give you some free-range advice and see if it fits before or after. You know what? I'm going to write down a piece of advice from the, from the Life Encyclopedia on primates. You ask your question and like a little Blaine magic trick like David Blaine, we'll see if it works. All right? Are you ready, Ryan? Do you have your question? This is sort of a little bit of mentalism. And many people would say I'm the most mentalist person they know. So what, what, uh, write down your question. This is like a magic trick. Write it down. Show it to everyone at your house. Don't show it to me. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Don't don't show it to me. Now, write it to show it to the audience. Do you have your question, Ryan? Yes or no? I am going to choose a piece of advice and we'll see if it fits. Okay? 
Oh boy, I could not have found something better. Ryan, are you ready? Ryan has got his question written down, and we will see whether it matches the advice I have here. <gasps> Ryan, I swear to you that we just got Ryan's question in for you listening at home. Ryan, this actually fits. I swear it fits. Okay. Ryan, the article I've pulled up here from uh, Life Magazine's Encyclopedia of Primates is a thing called a futile nest. A futile nest shows the power of instinct in a captive female. Gorilla, of course. We're talking gorillas. Uh, although she may have a goal in mind, the pathetic pile of leaves that she finally accumulates serves no apparent purpose any more than the rather useless nests gorillas build on the ground in the wild. Probably holdovers from times when they were larger arboreal nests built in the trees. Ryan, does that not answer the whole thing of futile organs and, and doing something out of instinct? Come on. That is weird. That is properly weird. That's the page I flipped up. <gasps> I, am a ma I have magic. Guys, I may have gotten magic from being around the books so much. Ryan agrees that it's crazy in case you're not on the video feed. And I believe I now have magic. I don't, this is a theory. But that was magic, right? I didn't plan that at all. This is not a plant. If you, you were playing along right now, I mean, that is way too relevant. And I think Steak agrees with me because he's licking my neck because he's a squishy boo. Or oh, a squishy nose him. Um, steak in the in the Latin family, of course, ferrets are squishy noosa pusa moose. And um, the way you know this, the way you identify a squishy pusa moosum is if you squish its little face and it's cute. That's how you know it's a squishy pusa moo. Aren't you squishy pusa moo? Any other advice? Squishy pusa moo. Someone's asking how to spell it. It's squishy pusa moo. That's how you spell it. And that's what ferrets are. Uh... Let's go ahead and check. Of course, you guys know already that you can call at 385-800-1763, tweet at us at OurHeroComic at gmail.com, or of course, post in the video feed on Periscope. We're taking all advices and giving advice from the ancient tomes of the age. Today are ancient tomes. I have many ancient tomes that my grandfather has given me. And, um, oh, we've just had another question come in. So today's ancient tomes are the John Audubon encyclopedias and the life encyclopedias, all from the 60s and 70s. The question is, how do I get a beard like you? Now, I have a beard. You may know that. You may not know that. Now you have to know it. You're required to know it. So let us uh, look from the question on the Internet. Let us go to what do we got here? Well, we don't have B today. So that's going to be an issue. So we'll have to find a workaround. But the book will give us the answer. The book knows all. Let's see what we can find here. C-A. Um, what's C to E? C to E. What's, what's through C to E that will give us some sort of beard information? Um, I think we can get our advice here if we go. Got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Chestnuts. Chest, chestnuts are, of course, the beard of trees. So... We'll take a look here at the chestnut. Uh, pretty extensive section on the chestnut in the John Audubon 1973 uh, encyclopedia. Crazy long section on the chestnut. I gotta be honest, guys. I did not think that chestnuts would be this intensive in this book. But uh, uh, let me tell you about a, a terrible incident in the life of, of chestnuts. And that's, of course, where, you know, I don't want to 
listen, if you if you lost uh, some some rakes or something else precious to you in this in this tragedy, uh, 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 please turn off the program. We, we are trying to have fun here, and we're going to make some goofs. About the 1912 poor disease, the fungus that swept through New York City trees. So in 1912, there was no plant quarantine law. And the Endothea parasitica probably had come to the United States through Asiatic chestnut nurseries. They're nuts over there. They have, they have amazing technology for chestnuts. Um, light years ahead of us. Never having had a chance to build up an immunity to the Asiatic chestnut, the American chestnut was a sitting target. The, I am not making up this wording, by the way. This is the exact wording from the encyclopedia. <laughs> the, uh, the American chestnut never had a chance at, at, uh, to build up an immunity against the disease and was a sitting target. The blight attacked the, the slightest tree wound, a crack in the limb, a lesion by the wood-boring beetle, penetrating the green tissue with cankers that ate away the vital cambium layer. The fungus girdled the trunk and killed everything from the roots. From New York City trees, the fungus spread quickly. I swear this is the real wording. It dispatched two types of spores. Dry, powdery spores riding on the wind up to 400 feet from their base. And sticky spores carried on birds and insects. The feet of the woodpecker were found to be carrying 7,000 spores. <gasps> <laughs> Thus, the disease continually reestablished itself. By 1910, it had reached the Connecticut. The Connecticut. That was me. I messed that up. Um, and was well up the Hudson. Two years later, it had attacked big chestnut trees in Philadelphia. An alarmed Congress voted an appropriation to combat it. And in Pennsylvania itself, advanced $2 million in vain to kill this disease. This is nuts. Who has ever heard of this? By 1918, authorities doubted that the control of the blight in the East was possible. Spraying, tree surgery, and injected chemicals proved worthless. This is terrifying. This is all trees. It was too much to quarantine. There was the year without chestnuts. How did they solve it eventually? Or is this still a thing? Are there no more chestnuts? What have I been eating, guys? Oh, no. Not guys. Y'all. I don't say guys anymore. What did they do? How did they solve this? This is like a whole book by H.G. Wells on how they solved. It just died out. That's nuts. Oh, that is amazing that I knew. Well, it's not really amazing. I knew the, the book by H.G. Wells, and he did use regular science. It's not like he made up germ theory or that I made up germ theory. So that's the story of the chestnut. Um, and that's how you get a good beard, is don't get any spores in your beard. This is going to be our last question for this evening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and helping out with uh, the first episode of the Encyclopedia of Advice. Mike Fallick and Stake the Ferret giving advice on everything from encyclopedias that know everything, which they do know everything. Today's encyclopedias were... Life Magazine's Primates Encyclopedia, and uh, what, we, what do we do? B, B, no, no, C, C through F and S through R were the uh, 
John Audubon Encyclopedias for today. Our last question is going to be, what is Stake the Ferret going as for Halloween? Now, last year, of course, I don't want to throw copyrighted things around, but me and Stake went as Star-Lord and uh, the raccoon from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Very good costume. Uh, I, I am, of course, a sculptor, so I had a, a, a broken mask, a ventilator mask. I didn't wear it out. We mostly took pictures. The ventilator mask was very creepy in public. No more masks. That's my advice for Halloween. Just no more masks. Okay, people? It's enough. It's creepy. Just do, do makeup. There's so much makeup. Or if, if you have a... Just wear a funny hat. No more masks. They're scary. Uh, this year, I believe I am going as Thor because of my beard, as, as aforementioned. And I don't know, I guess he could go as the raccoon from uh, uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy again. They are in the same universe, of course. Uh, I don't know, what do you want to be? Thor doesn't really have a sidekick, like an animal sidekick, and there's not a lot of animals in Asgard. That's not a bad word. It's where he lives. It's Greek, look it up. Roman. No, what is it? I don't know. It's from Marvel. I don't really know the real history. Um, I think he's probably going to go as, uh, maybe a little less fat. He needs to lose a little weight. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Encyclopedia of Life. We'll come back and do this again, I'm certain.